This is a Bible study on Colossians chapter 3, living as those made alive in Christ. Since then, you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. That whole chapter, or not chapter, those couple of verses, um, are, there's a lot of things that are said in there. And it's, it's basically a message that Paul is giving to people who have been saved. So they've repented of their sins and they've chosen to have a new life in Christ. And the baptism is really symbolic of that, where a person goes under the water, which is symbol, symbolic of death, and then comes out of the water, which is symbolic of a new life in Christ, that you are putting to death the sinful past, and you have a new life that you're going to be living as you come out of the water. And that's the symbolism of baptism. But in, after that occurs, then there is a change in your life. You're living a new life. So in changing your new life, um, everything happens as a result of what's in your mind. And it's a turning of your mind towards God. So what Paul's saying is set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Because now you're going to be living a different life, a new life. And the focus is on God, not on the things of the earth. And because when we get baptized, we, we die, and symbolically, and our life is now hidden with Christ in God. So Christ covers the sin. He's the substitutionary death for our sins and we are covered in Christ. So all of our sinfulness is hidden from God because we're covered like as in Passover when the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, when the Israelites were escaping from Egypt and they were, I guess the angel of death was going through there and the firstborn were being killed, but they were spared the ones who had the, um, the markings of the lamb, the blood of the lamb on the door just like Jesus is that lamb and his sacrifice is what covers us so that our sins are no longer visible to God. So then he says, when, when Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with, with him in glory. So because of being, this is being born of the spirit. So having a new life, and it's a spiritual thing that happens. And because of that, when Christ returns, everyone who's passed away, who was in Christ, and those who are living that are in Christ at the time of his return will be changed instantly, as Paul says, in the blink of an eye or an instant, will be changed and have these um, different um supernatural bodies, and we will be alive. Those who were dead and those who were living will be alive in a different way with Christ in a physical way as well. It's not just like a spiritual thing. It's actually physical too. And it's a different, uh, a different type of life, which is really kind of fascinating. And 
the only examples that I can recall from what was in scripture is um, after Jesus had died on the cross and then he appeared to his apostles or his followers when they were meeting in a room of a house and the whole house was locked because they were fearful of what had all happened. And then Jesus appears in the room. So he didn't unlock doors. He didn't go through a doorway. He just appeared inside of a room. And scripture points out that everything was locked and then he appears in this room. So if Jesus was the example of what we can expect in the future, we'll probably be changed like that as well. We're going to be something different than we are today, which is kind of cool and and exciting to look forward to. So then getting back to scripture, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. So idolatry was one of those, one of the commandments that God has. And it seems like that is one of the most important ones to God is putting him first. And in fact, Jesus said when he summarized what's the most important, he was asked what was the most important commandment. It was to love God was number one. And then love your neighbor was number two. So those were the most important. I mean, the the highest level of if you just gave like two commandments. And so that's what Jesus told others. And so if we love God, we're focused on God and we are obedient. In fact, Jesus also said, if you love me, obey my commands. And so there is a, it's a choice to live according to God's will and to live according to the way God wants us to live that we find in scripture. But the idolatry part, anything that we put higher than God or as a priority over God, or that we um, put in front of God, or we put God off a second, that's idolatry. And we may think when we read the Ten Commandments that we don't have idols, we don't worship idols. But Paul is making this real for all of us. It's like all of the things, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. So all those things today are relevant to us. Sure, we don't worship statues and idols and things like that, but we have other idols, it, you know, money, power, lust, all those things. Because of these things, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. So it's because of all of that, that God's wrath is coming because mankind hasn't rid itself of these things, like these natural things. We're living in a world that still has all of that idolatry within it. And there is a point like God's plan was to originally when he made people, it was he wanted to be in the presence of people, have a relationship with people. But then when sin came into the world, that separated us from God. And so this whole process is about redemption, God redeeming us, redeeming people to live in his kingdom and it, he's giving giving us thousands of years to prepare for that. And there is a point in the future when Jesus returns and the wrath of God will come in order to separate good from evil. 
And I think it's like in Matthew 24, 25, 26, those chapters where it talks about the sheep and the goats and the separation basically of good and evil. The sheep are God's children, the followers of Jesus, and then the goats are those who are against, who are opposing him. And so there has to be a separation of good and evil. There won't be evil in God's kingdom. So this is a process. And it's taken a long time because God's trying. He wants, he doesn't want people to perish. He doesn't want wrath to come upon people, but some people will reject God. That's just the way scripture tells us that will happen. And some people don't want to prepare. Some people aren't willing to submit to God, aren't willing to make God a priority. And because of that, there has to be a separation. So the people who are not willing will receive God's wrath, will be separated, and will not be a part of God's kingdom. So, and that, and then when you get back to the scripture, it says, you used to walk in those ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. So it, there is a changed life. I mean, that's one thing that, um, I, I think people need to really take seriously. And I only say this because it's something that became apparent after I read scripture was I notice I hear a lot of people thinking, um, I mean, salvation is very um, de- not debated, but uh, people have different ideas about what it means to be saved. And when someone is truly saved, you will see life changes in a person. If there is no life change in a person, it's questionable, and it's not for us to judge. It's only between that person and God. But it is questionable, did something really change? Because the Holy Spirit starts to work in a person who is born again, born of the Spirit, and people do change after they've been saved. They don't stay the same person anymore. And so there will be a noticeable difference in a person's life, Um, maybe gradual, maybe sudden. Some people, it affects all people differently. But the things that Paul is talking about, like anger, that's not of God. Um, There's uh, some quote in scripture that talks about, you know, don't let anger or the devil will get a foothold, you know, to try to make amends, don't don't hang on to anger because that's something that's not of God. Um, rage, malice, slander, filthy language, all those things, those should not be present in someone who is saved or if they are still in the process of changing as the Holy Spirit works within a person because it doesn't happen in a split second overnight those things should gradually be getting less and less within a person who is truly saved. Going back to scripture, do not lie to each other. Since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. So lying is a big deal to God. And it says, do not lie to each other. 
since you've taken off your old self with its practices. So as a new new person, a new person in Christ, a, a changed person having been saved, there's no room for lies anymore. You can't, that's not a part of the life anymore. And we are continually being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. So as time goes on, we learn more and more. That's why scripture is so good because as we read it, I know when I read it now, as opposed to back in 2019 when I first read it, I did not comprehend anything to the way I do now. And it it's such a difference in such a few short number of years, but just the things that become clear that over time, Scripture just makes you aware of. And going back to Scripture... Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free, but Christ is all and is in all. That's kind of a neat uh, verse because once we are in Christ, there's no like comparison of if somebody's a Jew or somebody's a Gentile or somebody's circumcised or uncircumcised or who they are, if they're slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. So that's when we become God's children. There's no like comparison of who we were before or where we are. If we are in Christ, we are in that's that's one of the things that I remember Jesus saying to God when he was praying on the cross. And he said something to the effect of, God, you know, let them be one with you as I am one with you. And so that's like when we are in Christ, we become one with one another. Like we were brothers and sisters with each other. And we are also children of God that will be in his kingdom. So we're all going to be like, brothers and sisters, you know, we might be, we not might, we will be a very diverse group of people, but we're all going to be brothers and sisters. So it'll be really pretty cool. So therefore, getting back to scripture, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So God's very much about unity and about love. Well, God is love. And that's what we're all called to be as we become believers as we are saved, as we start to live in Christ. This is what God expects of us and the way that we are, the Holy Spirit is changing us to be. And the changes that we see in people who have been saved, that there is a change in how they are to other people. And as God's chosen people, like it says, there's going to be compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, and forgiveness. That's something that I know elsewhere in Scripture, it also talks about, you know, here it says, forgive as, as the Lord forgive, forgave you. 
And there's someplace else in scripture that says that if you don't forgive, that God's not going to forgive you, and we all need to be forgiven, that's for sure. So going back to scripture, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and ad- admonish one another with all the wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So it's another aspect of being saved and being in Christ is having a feeling of peace and being peaceful. That's something else that is an attribute or characteristic of a person who is in Christ is to a peaceful person. And we are all called to be thankful because there's so much that Jesus has done for us that's making it possible for us to be in God's kingdom that we do have a lot to be thankful for. And anyway, I think that scripture is pretty clear, but going back to um, uh, verse 18, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it only when and and not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but do it with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. So that's something to, that we all can keep in mind is that there's going, I mean, just simply having the inheritance. We can't imagine what it's going to be like, but in Revelation chapters, I think it's 21 and 22, the last couple of chapters of Revelation, it talks about what the kingdom of God's going to be like and what the city is going to be like, the city of Jerusalem and God's kingdom. And it's just going to be completely amazing, beautiful, something that we can't fully imagine. But John kind of describes in Revelation chapter 21 and 22 and that's going to be an incredible reward that a lot of us don't even, we can't even fathom. We can't even come up with the ideas of what that's actually going to be like. Um, but that's what we're doing here on earth right now is, is we are serving God and we have an inheritance that is coming. When we are in Christ, we have an inheritance in the kingdom of God as brothers and sisters with Jesus. And so we are really serving Jesus because he did all the hard work for us. Like he made the impossible possible when he died on the cross 
for us and resurrected, he made it possible for us to be in God's kingdom. And we have so much to be thankful for that. And so that's the end of chapter three.